All right. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. from Tulsa, Oklahoma, recovered compulsive overeater. Today's Thursday, August 17th. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are at page 84. We're going to be on the second paragraph that starts with this. This thought brings us to step 10, and we'll be doing just that one paragraph and commenting on it. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Robin S., 12 Traditions, Anita L. The readers of the text will be Rebecca F., Lauren N., and Rebecca B. The reference numbers for Wednesday, August 16th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 10314, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 10316. Okay, OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you, big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Robin S. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. I am Robin S. from Connecticut, a grateful recovered overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only, to acknowledge, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for this opportunity to be of service this morning. Thank you, Robin S., and I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. 
the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Have a beautiful day, everybody. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature. <laughs> Um, somebody needs to please remute. Just press star one. Um, we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we will resume our study of the big book we are going to be on page 84 on that second paragraph that starts, this thought brings us to step 10. We'll be reading and sharing on just that one paragraph. I will ask Rebecca F. to begin reading. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. This is Rebecca F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue 
to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for a lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. So I emphasize that word continue. Four times continue in one little paragraph um, because we cannot let up on uh, this work that we're doing. We have to continue, 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 and continue to work these steps. It's not just we go through them once and um, we get the promises and uh, thank you very much, we go on our way. We have to continue to work these steps. And we usually say step 10 is a four through nine, but I usually try to remember that it's really a one through nine because before we can get to a point where we can do an inventory, we have to remember that we're powerless, that whatever's going on is causing unmanageability in our life, and that these things will crop up even though we've found serenity and peace and uh, we know what peace is, but um, it's not an overnight matter. Uh, New things will come up where we'll find ourselves being selfish, dishonest, resentful, fearful, self-seeking. And um, we turn to God every time. And frankly, for me, it wasn't until I was through the steps the first time and then doing step 10 that I actually started getting what the steps were all about. The first time I was just following good orderly direction, doing what I was told, didn't really get it, didn't really get it, just did it, and it seemed to be working, and I wasn't binging anymore, picking up my binge foods or binge behaviors, so it was all working, but that first step 10 inventory literally changed my life. I mean, for me, that one um, I'll always remember the most because I discovered in that inventory that I had that I could change my mind. And I had such a strong false core belief that uh, once I gave my word, I was only as good as my word. And I learned in that inventory that I could change my mind. And it was true freedom for me. And since then, there have been many other revelations that have come from doing step 10s. So um, we continue, we continue, and we continue, and then we grow in understanding and effectiveness rather than this idea of maintenance. It's not maintenance, it's constant growth. And um, that sentence about we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help um, is a new instruction, I feel, that we didn't have before. So now on top of doing the step work, 
then we turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And um, that gets us, actually, I think that is also in step four now that I think about it. But it's a good reminder to um, get out of ourselves and do for others. And that helps us um, get closer to God and free ourselves of um, ourselves, whatever the problem is in the moment. And love and tolerance of others is our code. And that's a great way to live. And um, it gives us freedom. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you, Rebecca F. So we are um, going to be commenting on that second paragraph on page 84. One at a time, who would like to share? Harlan G. Julie K. Rebecca, Larry K. Did you get Melissa? Tina S. Kathy Yates. Let's stop there, Kathy. Okay, so I have Harlan G, Julie R, Rebecca. I didn't get your last initial. B. E. B. B as in boy. Sorry, Rebecca. That's okay. Larry K, Melissa C, Tina S, and Kathy. What is your last initial? K. K. I knew that. Yeah, I got it. Sorry. Okay, so we will start with Harlan G, followed by Julie R. You're up, Harlan. Thank you very much, Kelly, and I want to thank Team Thursday for this wonderful meeting. Thank you for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive breeder in Scottsdale, Arizona. One of the reasons that I have been able to enjoy 18 and a half years, over 18 and a half years of freedom from the desire to eat compulsively is because of the use of step 10. Two and ten, in my opinion, are the most underutilized steps. Three and four are the most misunderstood. When I look at this chapter, the instructions are so clear that they're hard to miss unless we want to. It says here four times that we continue, but let's blow the doors in three minutes off some of the misconceptions of step ten. It says we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. That means we do not wait until we're done with nine to begin 10. We begin this as we cleaned up the past. What two steps do we use to clean up the past? Eight and nine. So we begin this. I couldn't face a step nine without doing step 10. We have entered the world of the spirit known as the Dancing Capitals. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. And where I get these phone calls from people who have been in program forever, but they can't seem to put together a week or a month. They don't do 10, 11, and 12. It says continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. What step did we use to, to deal with selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear? Step four. When these crop up, not if, when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. What two steps do we use to ask God to remove, excuse me, remove defects? Six and seven. We discuss them with someone immediately, step five, and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. We use step five and we use step eight and nine. Then we resolutely, resolutely means with purpose, turn our thoughts to someone who can help. And that means we're going to do step 12, love and tolerance of others as our code. There's no writing in step 10. There's nothing in step 10 that says we wait till the night or wait till the morning to do it. We do it now. It is a prescription for living that is 
labeled as needed. We do them as we are disturbed because the problem is never the food. The problem is the buildup of everyday normal human emotions. And step 10 is the most effective plunger I have of tamping down these human emotions so that the desire to eat is simply not there. And when those emotions are not allowed to boil up through these actions, they will simmer back down. I do not want to eat. And this is a very effective step. I challenge anyone in this program to do four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 11 and 12, five, six, seven times a day and eat chocolate turtles. I simply can't do it. And I'm a gutter compulsive overeater. And the fact of the matter is, is that because of step 10, I have not wanted to eat compulsively in over 18 and a half years there, but for the grace of God, thank you. With that, I will pass. Thank you, Harlan G. Next up is Julie R., followed by Rebecca B. Good morning, Julie. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Kelly. Um, This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And I've been in OA since 81, and I have had probably 20 big books at least. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of highlighting and underlining on those early big books. And because I really didn't do anything, I assumed it was the nightly review. But, you know, probably the last five years, I really got to see what a step 10 really is. And it is so clear. I mean, Harlan just said it. It it tells me exactly what to do. Life is going to happen. I'm going to have some fear over my children. I'm going to have some irritability and selfishness on a daily basis. So what am I going to do with it? And it's it's that selfishness that's going to arise where it's like not going away. It tells me. So all I have to do is I go to God first. And if it doesn't dissipate, you know, I mean, when I was first doing this, of course, I would call another, but this is a five-minute process. It is not this elaborate thing where somebody's going to answer tons of questions. It's where am I selfish? You know, where am I dishonest in this? Where am I resentful? It is so easy to do. And when I'm done with it, I don't call another person so that I could, you know, commiserate with someone or get somebody to say, yeah, Julie, that person acted unfairly. No, I'm looking for my part in this so that I have to go clean it up right away because it tells me I have to go clean it up. And then I'm going to be of service to someone. And it, you know, it could be a way, it could be my husband, it could be my children, it could be, you know, helping a lady with her groceries. It, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's got to be done immediately. And I'll get calls where people want to do this elaborate 10th step and I go right to the book and I say well let's do this really quick because you know if we were going to do something that was really elaborate we would be on the phone all day and that's not what this is for this is for spot check in the moment what's going on with Julie why are you being resentful why are you being selfish and I have this app on my phone because I'm in lots of meetings where I can't leave and I've done it um in on vacation sitting with a group of people and I'll do my spiritual toolkit thing and spit it out to somebody and I get a response and it's like boom I get to see Julie's selfishness and if I have to make an amends I do it right away this step is I don't know I I it's I utilize it all the time because it's, it's I'm going to have these feelings I'm going to have these emotions 
So if anybody is not doing a step 10, that's just like this paragraph. I really urge you to talk to a recovered person and do it fast and move on. So, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie R. Uh, Next up is Rebecca B., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Rebecca. Hi, this is Rebecca B. calling from Boston, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So um, I've heard really great things already this morning. And, you know, as usual, as always, the big book has exactly what I need to hear um, literally each and every day, as does a meeting and connecting with other people. And so for me, step 10 is one of the things that I have uh, deluded myself over the years into thinking that I didn't understand. I heard it differently, I read it differently, I learned about it differently than I've learned here on Vision for You. And for a long time, I did think it was what what I did at night. It was something I would sit down, I would write this big, long, complicated list. And number one, I kept starting and stopping. And number two, um, it isn't what it says. And it didn't it didn't work. It didn't it didn't bring about what it needed to do and what it can do. And we know that what we need to do is to stay in fit spiritual condition, that the promises come true, and that we live in the freedom that comes from connection with the spirit from our higher power when we live in, the, in this freedom and are in fit spiritual condition. So for me, um, you know, my sponsor taught me something that's really transformative in my life. She's taught me many things, but one of them is this concept of false core beliefs. And one of the false core beliefs that that I had and continue to have to work on and release through step 10 over and over is the belief that I can do this alone, that it's better alone, that it's safer alone. And my disease wants me alone. And what step 10 does is it doesn't allow me to stay there. It brings me immediately back into connection, connection with myself, connection with my higher power, and then connection with others. And it also reminds me of willingness because it's the place that I'll get sticky. It's the place that I'll get stuck and, and, and begin to believe that old false belief and believe that, you know, it's kind of it's the irony of like, well, it's just a little too uncomfortable right now to do a step 10. It's just a little bit too painful to turn my attention to other people. Let me take care of myself first. Let me just soothe this pain I'm feeling all by myself, right, with my own power, alone, in my own, you know, room. And even with the food down, as we hear so much, it really isn't about the food. My old ways of thinking and behaving and living are still there. And those things are the things that have to change. And so for me, it's all about connection. And it's all about letting go of old habits, old beliefs, old ways of living that don't serve me. And so when I do step 10, it brings about connection. It brings about honesty. And it lets me move and continue to live in the freedom. And so I've actually been, you know, just as I started my share with, in this place yesterday and today. And, of course, it's exactly what we read, which is exactly what I need to hear and to do, which is to let go of that old belief, to pray for the willingness, share it with somebody, and then help another person. So thanks so much for letting me do service. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rebecca B. Next up is Larry K. followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Larry. Good, good morning. Good morning. Um, this is uh, Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, you guys have a good thing going here. This is a good meeting. I think I'm going to keep coming. Um, 
Anyway, the uh, step 10, you know, I, uh, with this, with step 10, here's how I read it. Now, I didn't read it this way, but this is how I practiced it for a long time. We continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we promptly justify it. That's what I did, is I, I oftentimes would justify it. So I would, I would justify my dishonesty. If you live the life that I lived, a little dishonesty is not hurting anybody. If you had the life that I had, certainly fear would be your constant companion, and I would justify that. If you had the life that I had, you know, uh, certainly resentments, people are going to step on my toes. I mean, that's what people do, right? And, uh, and so I was justified in, uh, in saying and spewing and chewing people up and spitting them out, and I, I justified everything. I could justify anything. If you had the life I lived, you surely would binge the way I binged. I mean, come on. See, step 10, you know, I, I need to remember a couple of things. One, this is first, um, like it or not, this is a spiritual program of action. Of action, and it's a spiritual program. I mean, it doesn't have to be a spiritual program for you. It doesn't have to be a program of action for you. I'm just telling you that if you look at our pioneers and how this program was designed and, and how it was intended to be worked, it was a spiritual program of action. You were... The whole idea of the steps was not to get you to quit eating your binge foods or to put down your alcohol. The whole idea of the program was to enable you to have a spiritual awakening sufficient to drive out that obsession. And uh, so when I look at step 10, you know, am I following, the, am I following what it's telling me? I mean, Harlan and others have talked about it. It's, it's kind of like a mini four through nine, and it is. Um, if you can connect that stuff. And, and realize what we're doing. I, I know for me, a big one that I missed was resolutely, we learned that that means with purpose, resolutely turning my thoughts to someone else I can help. I use that, again, um, as a technique so that I could feel better rather than be open to God just changing me to be the type of person that wants to resolutely turn my thoughts to someone else I can help. See the difference? It's a might seem like a subtle difference, but it's huge, huge to be the type, can you imagine to be the type of person that wants to purposefully turn my thoughts, not always my actions, but certainly turn my thoughts to someone else I can help. Usually my actions follow my thoughts, though. That's an amazing thing. So, um, yeah, a step I use every day. Time. I, I, I'm going to keep coming back. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Next up is Melissa C., followed by Tina S., Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so I've got to consistently um, throughout the day, like take this personal inventory and clean things up as I go along. You know, I, I, I thought about like step four was like this great house cleaning, you know, and step 10 is where I actively make sure I don't create this huge mess again. You know, it's like, I've gone through my closet and I've cleaned everything out. I've gotten rid of stuff that doesn't fit, that's in bad shape. And, you know, step means that like step 10 means that I don't put that old crap back in my closet or, you know, not get rid of stuff as I go along and accumulate new junk. And, 
you know, so like the words um, vigorously commence means I work hard at beginning to live this spiritual life. You know, like I'm just getting started and um, I'm not maintaining something. I'm actually just beginning something. And so like, what am I beginning? I'm beginning to grow in understanding and effectiveness, you know, and, and that's a new blueprint for my life understanding, you know, um, sympathetic and aware of other people's feelings, like tolerant and, and forgiving. And, you know, it's not a one-time deal. It's got to continue for a lifetime. It's, it's my work for forever. And, you know, so I got to watch, like, for selfishness, dishonesty, and fear, because I'm guaranteed these are going to crop up. It's not like if I get selfish or if I become dishonest and afraid. It's, it's when, like, I'm human. And so when these come up, um, I don't defend my position. Like, that's my knee-jerk reaction is to, like, justify um, why it's okay that I'm feeling you know, this way or behaving this way. Um, you know, it's like I can no longer be tied to what is right for me or fair for me, you know. And and that's really not easy because, um, you know, it's kind of the way I was raised. It's And it's not always the way that's, like, encouraged. It's, you know, like I hear things like um, don't let yourself be taken advantage of and don't be a fool and, um and that somehow that giving of myself puts me at risk for being pushed around or looking weak or like a pushover. But, you know, my blueprint is love and tolerance. And so I've got to be loving and tolerant. Um, you know, and so what is tolerant? It's fair and, and a permissive attitude towards other people's opinions, beliefs, and practices, um, not my own. So, you know, this is hard work, but it goes right back to step one. I wasn't guaranteed easy, but um, but I'm powerless to this food thing. And if I want to live free, this is the choice I make. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Next up is Tina S., followed by Kathy K. Good morning, Tina. Thanks, Kelly, for your service. Uh, Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic <clears throat> in Florida. Wow, heard some really great things this morning. Glad I was on the line. You know, by the time, you know, I, I'm hearing this work, you know, it, it is a spiritual axiom that when I'm disturbed, there's something wrong when here, I'm right here because I'm not comfortable when there's something disturbed in me today, which I used to be, you know, and, and then it tells me what to, what to look for. You know, I love that this is five steps. I agree with so many people that talked on the line. I don't, I don't want to take an hour to do this. Uh, I want it quick, you know, because I want to feel better really quick. And so what is it that I need to do? You know, first I have to recognize what it is. You know, it tells me to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And when they crop up because they're going to, you know, at once I ask God to remove it. That's where I go first, you know, because that is the, the solution for me. God's the solution as always. And then what actions do I take? You know, I discuss it with someone. You know, I make amends if I part someone. And then I turn my thoughts to someone else I can help. You know, sometimes I forget that part. I want to be free right now. And then, you know, what, are, what is our code, love and tolerance of others? You know, I wasn't wanting that code for sure, you know. And one of the things that happens for me today is I love that, it, that it's always said, how free do I want to be? Because when I'm in this chaos, when I'm in this mess, when I'm disturbed, I want to be free right now. And so if I do these steps, actually, 
you know, take the action to do them. I get the freedom. You know, I get the freedom. And I also like what was talked about. I don't believe there's any maintenance here. It's all about spiritual growth. And I don't believe it's just four through nine. I believe, I believe it's all steps, you know, because that's the solution. You know, I've got to know I'm powerless first. I've got to know I'm unmanageable. I've got to believe in a power greater than myself. I've got to make a decision. I've got to do all that stuff before I can take any kind of inventory. And it's just been a great meeting, so I'm glad I'm here. Thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you, Tina S. Next up is Kathy K. Kathy K, press star one. Sorry about that. I was having difficulty. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. This is Kathy K, recovered from Boston. Uh, it's been great to hear everybody's shares, and um, I want to. Uh, add to it in any way I can, uh, what occurs to me is when I first started doing 10 steps, I really did need to share them uh, with another person. And actually, I also needed to write it out because I, I didn't have at my fingertips the questions um, that I needed. Um, and what I found by doing that and really checking in with a fellow traveler is that often um, they were able to add to what I had figured out with God's help um, so that I could deepen my learning and deepen my transformation in the moment. Over time, I got better at it. It became more of a habit. And uh, today I will say that uh, I still pick up the phone, uh, but not as often. Today, if I'm um, in a meeting somewhere and I get really resentful or selfish or whatever it is, I can uh, take out my phone or just in my head uh, do the turnaround and, and say a prayer um, and I find relief. So it really is quite magical. The other thing about Step 10 um, is that when I first started doing them, um, I was still not well connected with my higher power. I was taking time in the morning for prayer and meditation and then pretty much forgetting about God for the rest of the day. But step 10 tells me that I need to go to God. And so it was a way for me to reconnect throughout my day at difficult, challenging moments. And that certainly helped me uh, deepen my connection with my higher power. Finally, the idea of turning to someone else when I'm completing step 10 is just wonderful because it takes me out of my selfishness, out of my fear, and allows me to do service. And with that, I pass. Julie M. Kelly, we can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Hi, this is Julie M. Recovered in Colorado. And I would just like to say that for me,
step 10 has been an absolute game changer. Um, it, it gives me the ability, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of step 10s lately around my 17-year-old son. And when I get to the part about being resentful, having resentment towards my son, who is this person that I love, you know, more than life practically, I end up thinking, you know, I don't want to have this this anger towards someone that I love that much. And, you know, whatever he's done, it's it's really a drop in the bucket, even if it's big. And it, it allows me to hold those emotions that I want to lash out with and turn them around into something much softer. Um, also, doing step 10, you know, written form, it's not a bad thing for me. I still get something out of it, but it's nothing like sharing it with someone else. Somehow the level of honesty and the level that I come away with about myself is much different, especially when I, when I say, you know, I'm open to feedback. Because oftentimes someone else will, will see something in me that's a, that's, a, that's a lie, that's being dishonest, that I wasn't aware of. And usually it's kind of like that, oh, gosh, really, I'm doing that? And then I kind of relax into that and say, okay, what a blessing that I, I get to see that in myself and I get to work on it and I get to deepen my understanding. Um, and I, I, whether it's taking a 10-step call or giving a 10-step to someone else, there's always so much freedom that comes from it and I become, I just become so much more clear and turning the food is, is just not something that I, I lean to once when I'm doing step tons regularly. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. This is Kelly. Sorry, guys, I got kicked off the moderator code. Um, okay, so we, um, oh, we're back. I'm back anyway. So um, I'm going to open the floor again. We are on uh, page 84, second paragraph. This thought brings us to step 10. Who would like to share? Amy G. Lisa B. Lisa B. Okay, we're gonna stop right there. Katie G, Amy G, Reva P, Matt M, and Lisa B. So if everybody will press star one and we will start with Katie G, followed by Amy G. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Kelly. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic, starting my timer. And no, Charles H., I am not God's employer. Sorry about that, guys. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so in Boston, I was taught there are two steps that we're talking about. Well, no, we're not. Okay, so we're talking about step 10. So what's step 10? Step 10 is a walking around step. And um, when I first got into step 10, I was, like, indoctrinated, and people – I called people on a regular basis, and they walked me through the questions, and they said, okay, Katie, who are you resentful at? Okay, where are you? Selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. And then immediately, okay, so what's the fear, and what would God have you be? And, you know, these steps of asking God at once to remove them, discussing them with someone immediately, make amends quickly, and then throwing myself harder into helping others have literally changed my life. Like, I have been through some really big stuff in the past year. And I can't tell you, I have called other people 
and felt the presence of God going into their lives, going into what's going on for them. And I never knew that my needs could be met when I stopped demanding that other people meet them, you know, and, um, and I'm able to be honest, like, you know, so let's say I'm angry at my boss, the cause, she snapped at me, affects all aspects of my identity. Where am I selfish? I need the boss to constantly love and affirm me without regards to her wants, needs, or capabilities. My self-seeking behavior, so how am I treating her? I'm pissy, I'm judging, I'm character assassinating, I'm snarky. What's the lie? I know how she thinks, and I'm not okay unless she treats me the way Princess Katie deserves to be treated. And the truth, my value and worth comes from God, right? And what's my fear is not being loved. And if I take a moment and I say, okay, little Katie, you're afraid. You're afraid that you're not being loved in this moment. But who would God have you be if you really knew, Katie, that your employer is God and not this woman? And, Katie G., what if she just had gas and she, you know, made a funny face at you? You don't know what she thinks. The lie is you know what she thinks. Okay. And, and then I get to laugh and see, like, my, I have crazy thinking. And 99.9999% of the time, I'm wrong. The biggest part of my disease is my thinking, right? And so then I, I make amends quickly. How often do I get to say, you know what, you're right, I was completely wrong. And there's freedom in that. And then I say, God, show me how to be of service. And it's not always what um, I want to do. Like I don't always want to help other people. But again, as I was saying before, the freedom and in going into your life and to finding out what your, you know, I'll close with this, what's going on for you is the good drug, right? It's the stuff I've been looking for all my life. So I'm going to keep suiting up, showing up, messing up, and showing up again. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next up is Amy G, followed by Reva P. Good morning, Hi, Amy. Kelly. Oh, good morning. Hi, Kelly. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Do you, can you hear me okay? I can, thanks. Okay, great. Well, this has been an awesome meeting. Thank you so much, everyone, for your service and your shares. So here we are on step 10 and just continue to watch for. Obviously, as others have said, this is a lifelong process. This is something that we will continue to do. And what we're watching for, and the beauty for me of step 10 is by the time I got to step 10, going through the process of the other steps, I was becoming self-aware. I don't know about you all, but my entire life prior to program was reacting to life impulsively, compulsively, without thought. And this program and the process of working the steps had made me start to understand the driving forces behind what was going on in my life and driving me to the food. And, oh, yes, big time, my powerlessness over it. It says here that we, you know, the realm of the spirit, this is where we get to put, or this is where I get to put into action on a daily basis, this new relationship with a higher power, this, this daily relationship. Remember, we have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. This is where I get to use it. Because like many have said, I don't rise above being human ever. And every day I'm dealing with selfishness and self-centeredness. And the beauty of step 10 and this process of, of doing this immediately and every day and repetitively, because repetition is the father of learning, I begin to understand who and what I am and where I react. And the beauty of all of this instead is this evolution of awareness where sometimes I'll see myself and I'll say something and I'll say to myself, well, wow, that was a selfish thought. 
where did that come from? And sometimes I can do a quick mental step step seven and step ten in my head and be gone and be you know and move on. Other times I need to discuss it a little further with someone on the phone. But you know, I have this relationship, so I ask God immediately to have it removed. And oh by the way, one of the reasons why I think we turn to look to another to help, because sometimes I mean, I don't know about you all, but sometimes I'll ask for something to be relieved, a resentment, a selfishness in the moment. And sometimes it always feels better to do that, but sometimes it doesn't always go away. You know, I have to understand and rely on faith. That's why I have step three. I turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Sometimes it doesn't go exactly the way I want it to. This is not, a, step 10 is not like a magic potion where poof, you should be expected to feel super duper every time you do it. I have to rely on my higher power and continue to work this program and wait for those emotions. I don't eat over them now. I don't have the food calling me, but sometimes it doesn't go exactly the way I want. I may need to do further work. I may need to do more step work. It depends, but it is a daily reprieve. And so that relationship in step 10 is being built, and it continues to be built. I mean, I've been blessed with a few 24-hour, but I certainly deal with step 10 every single day because that's how I live this life in a new way in a new way of acting and living my life. And I'm so grateful because I've been brought peace. We just went through the promises, and I'm knowing peace in my life today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Amy G. And next up is Reva P., followed by Matt M. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto, I wanted to share on the word effectiveness and what it means to be effective. Um, And that word reminds me that it says on page 77, you know, why am I doing this whole thing? Uh, What is my real purpose? My real purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people about me. So what does it mean to be effective? Um, And I don't think I really understood step 10 when I first came in, but after... um, using this step and doing it the big book way, um, I now understand that um, I need to stay unblocked. Um, I am powerless over, um, you know, my life and the unmanageability, um, the food being the the last thing to go, um, and I need power. And in order to access power, I have to be unblocked. So not doing step 10 for me is like, having a garbage pail, throwing out all the garbage once and living in the house and never throwing out the garbage again. Like it's going to stink. It's not, it's not going to work. So I continue to accumulate garbage. I continue to go into wrong thinking, uh, which is really the root of my problem. So I, I grow in understanding um, how my thinking is off and I stay effective by constantly um, cleaning up the mess. Um, and and clearing out all those defects that block me. And then I can be effective and do the work that I'm guided to do. Um, And somebody once used this amazing analogy on one of our special editions, talking about we learn a skill set in one through nine. Um, But, you know, if I wanted to learn how to ride a bicycle and I took all the courses and I took a... Um, a lesson, and I learned all the basics, what's the point if I never go and ride a bike? So um, by practicing 10, 11, 12, 
I then start using that skill set that I learned in 1 through 9, and I use it over and over and over multiple times a day, just like it says, continue, 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 and then I get better at it, and then I get to enjoy life, like enjoying riding a bike. Um, and I'm just so grateful that there's this simple, effective, quick tool to just clean up my gook and, and move on with my day. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Next, next up is Matt M., followed by Lisa B. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Thank you very much, everyone. Good morning. Uh, this is Matt M. from Pulse Over Here from New Jersey. Step 10. When I was doing Step 10, uh, my sponsor had me tell to find out where I was selfish, where I was self-seeking, what was the resentment, and um, say a prayer to have these, uh, these character defects removed. But I didn't always feel good after. I still felt lousy sometimes after I did 10 steps. It didn't mean that I wasn't doing the work. I have feelings just like everybody else, and sometimes those feelings still remain. But, you know, I realize that just doing 10 doesn't mean I said I'm always going to feel great. Sometimes there's days you're going to feel lousy, and that's just part of life. You know, not everything is sunshine and roses. And for me, I thought, oh, if I do step 10, I'm going to feel wonderful afterwards. The, the hills are alive with the sound of music. The skies are going to open up. They're going to be blue and beautiful, and I'm going to feel wonderful. It's not always the case. And for me, I have to learn. I'm learning still to deal with my feelings. I'm not on step 10 yet with my sponsor, current sponsor, but when I get there, I have to realize that I have to learn to feel the feelings. I'm not good with feeling uncomfortable or dealing with feelings. And so when I go to my day program and they bring up something and I have to work on a personal issue I have to work on, and I look at them and I get really resentful because oh, how dare they tell me that I have something wrong with me, which is so sick. I'm there to get help. And then when they try to help me, I get resentful at them and I, I lash out at them in, in a negative way. Not really hard to hurt them, but just I want them to shut up. Such a weird, weird thing that goes through my head, that, that defiance. And right now, I realize that I have to work on that, that push and pull that I have with people sometimes. I want people close, and then I push them away the second the second they try to help me. So I'm grateful just for today. I can realize that and be honest about it. I don't have to be negative about it. I don't have to be a, a lion about it. I can just be rigorously honest that I do push people away because I don't want them to get near me because then if they get near me, they get to know me, and if they get to know me, then they're not going to like me eventually. And I'm grateful today I don't have to get in, that, get in my head like that. I can just focus on doing the next right step, my sponsor, calling people, getting kind of staying connected and working the program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Next up is Lisa B. Good morning. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And it says we have entered the world of the spirit. So this wonderful book tells me over and over again that uh, the worst aspect, the greater aspect of this illness resides in my mind. And the more I continue to identify in with my mind, I'm really at a great disadvantage from living in that world of the spirit. Um, you know, my mind, this, this illness lives with selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And that's going to be there every day. Um, I, I am, I'm awake. I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. And those things come back, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and it's telling me here that I'm supposed to watch, watch for them. So anytime I'm disturbed, the moment I feel disturbed, I need to stop, ask God to remove them. And I do share it with another. And then I turn and, and, and uh, find um, 
someone to be of service to and be helpful to. So when my recovered guide, my sponsor, shared this stuff with me, at first I was so resentful. I thought, I don't have time to do that, you know. And she shared with me her own experience that she had completed steps one through nine and did not want to live in step ten. And she actually picked up and went back out again and had to go all the way back to step one. And I did not want to do that. I had worked so hard. And by the grace of God, I got through steps one. Well, actually, I started my first amend. I made my one direct approach. And then she began to go over the skills and how to do the tenth step. And I saw very quickly, if I do not do these ten steps, I will pick up. So by the grace of God and just with my step one experience and knowing who and what I am, and with the same desperation of step one, I do live actively in step 10. I'm so grateful for it. And what I wanted to share with you that helped me is finding other recovered people, not just my sponsor, but people that had a, a recovery that I heard on the line that I could identify with, that I really liked, that uh, something spoke to me. And I began to call them and work with them also and, and sharing with them my Step 10 insights, and they began to help me to see very clearly that the turnaround is so vital. What would God have me be? So after I share the fear, after I share the resentments, and do the, the prayer, the seven-step prayer, the fear prayer, what would God have me be? And to be quiet and focus and listen. And, and it began to come clear to me. I began to get, you know, new ideas, new ways of being. And, it's, and this is like, again, the transformation step, that spiritual surgery begins to happen with step 10, just like step 9. But I like how it says here, we have entered the world of the spirit. And that's so vital and important for me because the other world, the world that I come from, that I still live in, is, is a world that is... Um, a world of compulsive overeating. I need to live in the world of the spirit, but I need to stay unblocked so I can have access to that power. And it's been a lifesaver. There are things that did not come out in my fourth step or fifth step that actually came out in my tenth step. And it, it's just wonderful every day, you know, living in the step ten. I'm so grateful for it. I pass. Thank you very much, Lisa B. And this is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm going to take these last couple minutes um, because this stuff is just so important. And um, anyway, so here we are in step 10, when these things crop up. Wait, what? When? I thought that once I did this stuff, I was going to be fixed once and for all. That was the illusion I lived in for 30-something years, that I'd work these steps and I'd be done. Continued, continued for our lifetime. I get my sponsor tells me this over and over when these things crop up, when these things crop up, you know, right here, this is where it's going to make, make the difference whether I pick up food again, you know, two and a half years into this recovered state of mind and body because I'm working this program like it's laid out in the big book. And right here, it's telling me what to do. And the problem, as it tells me in this big book, isn't food. Food was my solution. And if I don't learn how to do life different, deal with people, my feelings, my emotions, my behaviors, you know, picking up food is going to be a step up to the way I feel or have felt in my past, you know. And so today I have to learn to do life different. And this stuff is going to keep up. If I don't continue to do this process, I'm going to continue to eat. I'm going to continue to do something. There is no door number three. I'm going to either be eating back in my disease. I'm going to be working this program with you guys, you know. And today that's what I'm picking to do. And, you know, I grew up my whole life saying, I just wish there was an instruction to do life. Well, guess what, you guys, there is this big book. And the really cool part, and I say this all the time, 
right here, pages 84 through 88, it's going to tell me what to do from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed and everything in between. So I have no more excuses of, I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? Well, it's right here. And, you know, the first thing that I, I uh, get pointed out often is in step 10 that I seem to hear other people miss, so I just wanted to share it because it was a big deal for me, was, you know, that um, when these things crop up, we ask God at once. That's the first thing we do. It's the first thing I have to do is I have to go to God. You know, and other people share that too. I don't just call other people, you know, and, and whine about it, which is the first thing I want to do. And so I go to God first, you know, for God to give me direction and peace and show me these things. Then I can call somebody else and, and get it talked through because, you know, me and God alone is not enough. It's a we program, and I have to remember that. But you know what? This has made the difference. You know, this is the growing steps for me, and I love that. I used to hear them called the maintenance steps, and since then we are calling them the growing steps, and I have to do this work daily because, like I said, I only have two choices. I'm either going to go back and pick up the food or I'm going to learn to do life differently. And, you know, food's not the problem. Living is my problem. And today I'm learning to do life one day at a time, and these things are going to keep coming up because guess what? I'm 54, and in two and a half years, I haven't learned how to do it perfectly yet. I keep wanting to be fixed now, and that's not going to happen. You know, it's going to take a lifetime to uh, change this stuff. And you know what? This is a free way to live, and I'm so grateful today that I'm willing to do that. And with that, it is time for us to close. So glad to be here, guys. Uh, thank you to everyone who shared Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, August 17th, is 10322. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren N. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kelly. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks, Lauren. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order, but but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your, relationships with him, your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and, you, and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us we will we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny may god bless you and keep you until then <laughs>